Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show with Hype Ends and the Help Begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, we have uh, the Tell Dell Show version of our show where we bring in someone to share their story with you. And as always, it's fun to listen to the stories as people develop their lives in front of you. One of the things I always think is interesting is that if I were listening to the show from the outside in or from the stories that I hear from other people that tell me about watching, or I'm sorry, listening to this show, is that it's always interesting to find somebody that you align with, that you match up with, that you can go, aha, now that story sounds more like me. The rest of the stories really don't sound like what I could do or what I'm available or have available to do. So this is one I hope is going to uh, touch a lot of people's hearts because it's a, a great story. And it's really the way I started with single family houses. So with me here today, out of uh, Avon Lake, Ohio, is Michael Rosso. Is it Rosso? I can never do this because I think it's Russo, but it's not. It's Rosso, right? No, yeah, it's uh, Rosso. Rosso. There we go. Okay, I got to get my got to get my tongue to work right. Rosso. No problem. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on. <clears throat> and uh, let's let's get a little background on you here for folks listening, so they uh, can get a a perception of who you might match up with as their stories. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, Dell, like a lot of the people that you have on the show, I was uh, basically <clears throat> going along through life, and then X happened. My uh, father was diagnosed with cancer in 2013. He was the age of 63. He fought it for about two years and ended up passing in 2015 at the age of 65, which uh, just coincidentally happened to be three days before my wedding. So after this, my uh, basically entire belief system changed, and what was important to me changed. And a year later, I had my first daughter and started to really start looking into my finances and uh, you know where I wanted to go in life. Wow, that's a, that's a tough hit at 65 years of age. I'm 64, 
And uh, I could relate to that that age there. Um, so it hit you because of the death of the father? Oh, yeah. We were both, uh, you know, I was extremely close to my father growing up, you know, a, basically my best friend. And, um, you know, when he wasn't there, then I just, I was on my own, essentially, for the first time with, you know, making big decisions and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I just started thinking about where where I wanted to go, what was important to me. And, you know, you had always talked about every male in your family never living past 65, and it was basically the same thing in my family. And I never met any of my grandparents. They, you know, all passed before I was born. So, uh, you know, your story just really hit home with me, and um, I've been, you know, trying to get on a better path ever since. Well, this is a great, you know, I'm glad you came on today, Michael. The reason is today's my birthday and I'm 64. That means I got one year left. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case and happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh, but, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you live life under that construct in your life that, you know, the males don't live past 65. You get it in your mind, you better get going. You better get something happening earlier in life because you don't have the time to wait it out like a lot of people do. So what did it make you want to do at that point? Uh, it just really made me want to, you know, see what I really valued in life. You know, as I said, I ended up getting married. I have two children now, which I adore. And just being able to grow up with with them at these young years was just something that was important. You know, my dad, and he worked his whole life even until he got cancer. And, you know, he, I, I always was able to spend time with him, but you just never know what's going to happen. And it just really made me think about, you know, being able to spend time with my family growing up. So that was basically it. Have you ever heard of the song, Cradle? Oh my God, Dell! I you I heard that podcast that you did. I went back and I listened to it, and it. Uh, my dad, I can remember riding in the car with my dad, and my dad telling me that song. I actually, I remember distinctly listening to that, and that that really hit home with me as well. It's so close, isn't it? It just it's a painful truth of life that you know we're all busy, and mm -hmm. we're too busy for the young ones, and then we're too busy for the old ones, and it's just the way it is. So um, let, me, let me ask you a very private question. If you want to just defer it, go ahead and just find a way to defer out of it. And that is, did you learn anything from your father's finances when he passed away? Because here's a gentleman that worked his whole life. Like you said, he worked, he did his thing. He was just like the perfect American. What did it all end up for like him and his family? Uh, I mean, it, I would say he was a, a very middle class, you know, American the uh, typical 401k, you know, have an IRA, try to pay off your debts. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know, <clears throat> excuse me, who Dave Ramsey was, but that was basically what my dad had taught me his entire life. So he was okay. <clears throat> excuse me. He left my mother in, you know, good shape financially. She's okay, as you like to say, not a uh, not wealthy, but okay. And so everything is, you know, bills are taken care of. There's no issue there. That's good. So you came out now, and you 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 had this change in life, and you now are starting to think about a family and everything. When did you decide to look into real estate investing? Because I know you did it before you joined Lifestyles. Yeah, it was funny. I like so many people started going down the traditional path that you know, reading the self help books, stock trading books. Um, my dad had a financial planner who basically 
you know, just looked over everything. I, you know, was connected with him as well. So all of the money that I had saved up was with him. So I met with him. It was really interesting. I ended up reading a book about, like, picking stocks and, you know, how to do it. So I picked three companies, and I printed out the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement for all three of these companies. And I brought them to my financial planner, and we sat down. And, I, you know, I handed them over to him. I said, hey, what do I need to look for here as far as, you know, how do I value these stocks and how do I pick them? And, Dell, I handed them over to him, and you could just tell he had that, like, glazed-over look in his eye, like he didn't really know what to do. And he just turns around and he goes, Mike, just leave this to the experts. So I walked out of there knowing that, that that's not the path that I need to go down. Wow, that is so eye-opening, Mike. That's unbelievable. Because I doubt he, he probably doesn't know how to read a financial statement, or if he does, yeah. he doesn't know what it means, right? It was just pick this fund, pick that fund, put your money here, here, give it to me. And, you know, the uh, as you know, the financial advisors, it just all that matters is the assets under management. The more money they got in there, the more the better they do. So that's all they care about. Yeah, no doubt. Like, there's a Wall Street Journal story that talks about uh, some – Oh God! What one college somewhere took a bunch of chimpanzees and let them throw darts at a board filled with stocks, and they did as well as anybody else did picking, even the best pickers picking stocks. I mean, it's just a gamble, is what it is. So ridiculous. Let's talk about now. Um, okay, you went to that guy. What? Where did that lead you to from that point? Because that that had to have been quite a bit of a letdown. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, I. As I said, I, I continued to read the self-help books and real estate books. Uh, eventually started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And basically just went through the process of self-learning the best that I could. And then I ended up buying my very first rental property in December of 2017. And it's, <clears throat> as I said, it's just funny how much your story you know, meant to me because I was 32 when I bought my very first property. And I turned 35, believe it or not, this Saturday. Wow. That's good, man. That's a good start. So um, the first property, what attracted you to it, and did you do it right? I mean, you didn't have, or did you have a mentor at the time, and if so, how'd the deal turn out? Um, it turned out okay. It was basically uh, just a friend that I had gotten connected with that he was in the process of moving on into multifamily so it was one of his single families that he was getting rid of you know, in the process of transitioning into the apartment. So I guess it was, for me, I mean, it was pretty easy because, you know, I knew the guy and the, the transition wasn't, wasn't like going out buying one from somebody I didn't know, which, you know, could be a little intimidating for somebody first time. Easy first step. All right, we're going to take yeah. a short break. When we come back, we'll have more from Michael and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. The Del Wamsley Radio Show with me today is Michael Rosso from Avon Lake, Ohio. He is uh, talking about his venture through his purchase of 12 single-family rentals with two more on the uh, way, uh, sitting there waiting to be picked up just as soon as we get off this radio show and he goes out and gets it done. So welcome back, Michael. Uh, let's pick it up there. You talked about your first deal was really kind of a turnkey deal. You picked up somebody else's investment property and just purchased that. Um, so you said that worked out pretty well. Let's talk about where you went from there. What was your next deal? Uh, the next deal was actually in the basically the same city. All, all of my rental properties are in the same city. So I uh, picked up another one of those and continued to do that until I had, I believe when I came to the two-day, I had five of them. That was back in 2000, 2018. So I've basically just been staying the course of, you know, it's funny, all the houses are the same square footage. They're two-bed, one-bath houses that are very easy to rent, so I basically stuck with what I knew and have just been following along that path. You know, it's the same thing I did. You find something that works. Some guy talk, got me to buy a three-bedroom, one-bath, two-car garage house, and I go, Boop, like this is the secret number. So I went all three-bedroom, one or two-bath, two-car garage houses forever. Then one day I bought a two-bedroom, one-bath. <laughs> then another day I bought a one-bedroom, one-bath. And then I figured out you can rent anything, including dog houses, if you want to. It's amazingly yeah, easy. Yeah, I know. To rent. I know that eventually I'm going to have to go off of this path, and I'm going to have to buy something different. But boy, when I walk in, and you know, I know the square footage, I know the rehab pretty quickly, just because I've done so many oh, yeah. now that it's as easy to get stuck, I guess. The cookie cutter way is not a bad way to start a business. There's no doubt about it. I did it. You know, I started out and bought house after house after house, and. Then you deviate just a little bit. You know, you deviate this slightest amount, and you go, well, that still worked, okay? Then you do another deviation. Then one day along the line, you try something different that doesn't work. You go, whoop, now you jump right back into your, your plan. So you're doing a good job. On the second one, did you buy that one all by yourself, uh, or did you was that bought from somebody else also? Uh, that one was actually, that was just bought right off of the uh, MLS. It's funny, a couple of the houses were on the MLS, but most of them I ended up just, Really, like I said, since they were, most of these houses are on the same streets, so I ended up just getting to know people in the neighborhood <laughs> and other investors in the area. So most of them were just, you know, I bought from other people that never even went on the MLS. Okay, that's great information for everybody out there. I call this farming, Mike. And farming meant I'd find a subdivision where a house worked, and I found that if a house worked in that subdivision, the price ratio to the rent in that neighborhood worked, then anything else I could find in that neighborhood would work. And so in, I guess that I maybe had, let's say I had a hundred plus houses. Let's say it was in 10 different subdivisions, maybe more, maybe 15, but I had anywhere from three to five to eight houses in every subdivision. Cause once it worked, 
like you said, you just tell the agent in that neighborhood, I want whatever you got, serve it up to me on a platter, right? Exactly. Yeah, simple, so and I that, guess that's just the uh, the type B part of my personality to uh, just stay stay with what I know and don't deviate from the plan. Well, that's my type B also. So that's a, you know, that's a type B complimenting a type B. I don't know if that's worth anything, but <laughs> let's move on to how did you hear about lifestyles? By the way, well, it's funny that guy that bought my um, that bought the very first house from. I just I ended up meeting him through some another platform where other different people meet, and um, he had just had always told me because he had gone to your two day in Texas. Uh, that's back. I think I think he went in like 2015 or 2016. But he had always told me to go, and um, so then you know I started. I, I was listening to all kinds of podcasts and real estate and you know books and types things like that. And then um, I started listening to your podcast, and then you know, eventually just ended up going. Like I said I think it was March of 2018. Great. So when you came to the two day, tell me about your aha moments, because everybody goes there that, you know, there's that thing going, man, that's the one. I had all this other stuff, right? But man, that's the light bulb. That made it all different to me. Tell me what you got out of that two day that was the light bulb for you. Well, I knew you were gonna ask me this question and it's, I didn't, I think really what, what it was for me was going to the two day and just seeing other people that I could relate with and basically solidifying what I wanted to do because I, although I'm a type B, I guess I have some tendencies to be a type A, and I just kept bouncing back and forth with, well, do I start buying multifamily? Do I stay with single family? And I just really, I wasn't sticking directly to just single family until I went there and just decided through talking to other people there, other members and you know, people from the staff, and just said, okay, this is, I need to go on this path for now. My goal is to retire myself, and once I can get there, then I can start thinking about going into multifamily. I think it's rather interesting that you were, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word for it. I, it's like uh, you got second layer mentored by one of my people. <laughs> yeah, basically, exactly. That, I, I guess that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> it's, it's the, it shows that what you put out there in the universe really does come back at some point. So um, were you surprised? I mean, obviously you met one of my members. So you already found somebody who's willing to be share that would share with you and open with you about what he was doing. Were you surprised how open people were once you got to one of these groups? Absolutely. I mean, I, I knew just from listening to these type of shows that that's what people do. But when you just get there and you meet all the people and they're so willing to, well, number one, open up their books, but number two, just help you out and give you a suggestion or a pointer here or there, or, hey, go talk to this person. The same thing, I, you know, I went to the expo for the first time this year before the world ended. Thank God I was able to get down there. And um, same thing, met so many good people from all across the country that were just really willing to you know, help you in any way, shape, or form that they could. Did the size, the 5,000 people surprise you? Oh, yeah, it was, I, I hope you're able to do it next year that we can go somewhere back to normal because for me going down, you know, I just went by myself. My wife didn't come with me, and, I mean, it was overwhelming. I just didn't know, I didn't know where to go, you know, who to see. There was all the different breakout sessions, and yeah, I got to go to some of them that were extremely helpful, but um, next year I'm going to have a, a better idea of what I want to do when I go. 
It has to help your confidence, though, Mike, that you go there and you see there's 5,000 other like-minded people thinking the same thing you're thinking, aiming for the same thing you're aiming for, none of which is to be kind of completely sociologically normal. <laughs> I know. I, I would have to agree. It's just it's crazy. The, the people that you see there that are, I mean, from all different walks of life and all different career backgrounds that are, you know, basically doing the same thing and just a really good group of people. Since you uh, have gone to now the classes and the expo and you've gone to breakout classes, you've had other classes available to you, um, I'm going to ask you when we get back, because we're coming up on a break, there's not enough time to answer. But when we come back, are there any things that you have uh, sharpened in your tools? Any practices that you've changed just a little bit, just to make it a little better, a little better renting, a little better maintaining, a little better of anything. Come back when we come back from break here. I want you to to follow up and tell us some of your insider stuff that you've come up with since you've been hanging out with other people. We'll take a short break. We might be right back with Michael Rosso and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today on Tell Dell, we have Michael Rosso here from Avon Lake, Ohio. And uh, he's talking about the fact that he's purchased 12 rental houses since he started back in uh, 12 of 2017. He's got two more on the way. Uh, what we're asking him right now when we came out of break was after he came to the two-day, spent some time with members here and take some of the classes that are online, went to the expo. Then now you've, you've been touched or you have touched a lot of new information, Michael. What did you take away from it to put to use on your portfolio? You know, it's really just following your motto, best product, best price, and fully rehabbing the property when you buy it. If there's anything that's going to break, you know, within the first five years, just take care of it right up front so you don't have any maintenance issues and, you know, really taking care of the tenants and, uh, you know, treating them like people and any issues that they have, make sure you get them resolved quickly. Okay, so it's just the overall business practice that picked up. Um <clears throat> So how do you see yourself growing your portfolio? Seems like you've got a, in my mind, what I'm hearing is you've got a plan that's pretty much duplicate, duplicate, duplicate. Um, not a lot of change in your theories, not a lot of change in your approach. So tell us, how does this work out for you? What is the end run in this game? Well, as I said you know, earlier, the, the first goal was to retire myself. And as you know, when I emailed you a while back about my W-2 income and what I make and what I actually take home is I always knew that it was a big, it was a lot, but I never sat down and calculated it. And when I sat down and looked at that, my gosh, that was a big difference. And um, I'm very, very close to retirement. And by the end of the, as soon as these houses close, I will officially be there according to the numbers that you and I went over. 
So let's share that with the audience a little bit without being, I'm not going to try to throw you out there under the bus. But, um, you know, one of the things that Mike had contacted me about was he said, I don't see how I ever retire. I make this X amount of money, you know, um, which is pretty decent income. And I said, yeah, I get that. But what I don't think you're, you're seeing is that by the time you take out your income tax, your Social Security and Medicare tax, your 401K, uh, maybe your insurance or whatever else you've got coming out of your, your fund, your take-home isn't anywhere near that. And uh, that was a well, discussion we had. That was pretty much it then, huh? Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, I knew it was bad, but I never <laughs> just took the time to go through it. And then when I, you know, I sent you that email back, I mean, the, the total income, I, you know, was 106, and then I had $39,000 worth of deductions by the time you took out 401k, health insurance, federal, Medicare, you know, all that stuff. So I needed to hit 66477 which equates to about $5,500 a month to, you know, be retired. And as of today, I'm at just a little bit over 5000 and like I said, by the end of the week, it, it will be at that threshold of uh, retirement. Wow. Now let's just take a second and let everybody breathe that in because I don't think people really get that. Imagine if whatever it is you took home on your paycheck every week, every two weeks, every month, whatever it is you get paid, if you had that same amount of money coming in. And because of the way we earn the money, it's tax-free, uh, we only have to earn that amount of money to be able to replace that. So now what is going through people's minds, Michael, and I want to hear what your perception was after I had this conversation with you, is it just because you now have as much passive income net as you have earned income net, that doesn't mean you quit your job, the world changes overnight or anything, does it? You, what happens now? No, and matter of fact, you know, I, I always liked my job, and I don't know if I told you before, but I'm a beer and wine salesman, so I'm out in the streets every day selling beer and wine. I mean, who wouldn't like that job? So I'm just going to continue to do that for as long as I can. On the other hand, if you talk to any salesman or saleswoman out there, every one of us is always concerned about the, you know, our job being there in the future, especially with the way the automation is going. So it just is a relief to know that now I just always was concerned that that was going to happen to me, that I would, you know, one day I would just get called into the office and, hey, you know, salesman number, da-da-da, we don't need you anymore. So now, hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it does, I'm okay. And that is just the, that's the greatest feeling in the world is knowing that, you know, you're going to be able to provide for your family and not miss a beat. You know, I actually got better at my job once I got to that point, Mike. You know, there, there, you're, like, oh, you're, you're there because you want to be there. Yeah, there's no more stress. Now I'm just out there having fun. Hey, you, you need my product. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. You know, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's no problem for you to end up having way more. You know, the thing you point out about salespeople, I'm going to add to that, though, because it's really true. Not only can they just say your job's gone, they could just not like you anymore. One of the things I've seen people do is fire salesmen that are making too much commissions so they could bring somebody in and change the commission structure on them. Uh, I've seen them keep the same guy but change his commission structure on him and cut his pay in half. I've seen them cut their territories in half or in some portion. Say, okay, you're making too much money. Let's put that territory up, et cetera, et cetera. 
And the one they used to do to me all the time was I had six locations. They used to take my salesmen away from me and my managers away from me and give them to supervisors that had lesser quality people. Go, you know, Dell, you, you can develop more people. Why don't you grab them? I'm going to take these guys over here and promote them to managers over here under this other supervisor. So they were always taking my salespeople away from me. And, you know, you, as, a, as a salesman, you just know that, right? It's, it's part of the business. Well, that was the other thing that was basically the catalyst that really made me look into at the time it, I didn't know what what it was going to be, but it I, it ended up being real estate was my competition. There was a guy there who was in his mid fifties, and I think it was it was 2016 or 2017 January that next year they they called all the salespeople in for a meeting and said, hey, everybody, thank you for last year's numbers. You know we hit the goals. You know you did a really good job. And oh by the way, they handed out a piece of paper, and everybody had to re-interview for their job. Um, that's just a terrible feeling that, you know, if whoever has to go through that. I'm sorry, man. Oh, God, I'm so yeah. sorry. I just, I just I that apologize. Would, hey, that could be me. You know, I'm the scene, the scene is nope. just, it's just such a, a, a bizarre scene. Thank you very much for a great year. Now here, <laughs> you're all fired. We're starting over. That's unbelievable. Yeah, who does that to people? But it happens all the time. Yeah, it's an amazing world. So we got that under the belt. You know you're not going to have to sweat that anymore. You, you're going to survive no matter what happens. You like your, your, your job, so you're going to be doing that. Um, let's talk now about uh, friends and family. What do people think about you doing all this real estate stuff? You got any outside input, good or bad? It was all bad at first. I mean, everybody, you know, my wife, my family, trying to... It was an uphill battle because, of course, everybody, you're doing the opposite. You're the antichrist, doing everything that everybody tells you not to. Oh, you're not going to contribute to your 401K? No. Oh, you're cashing out your kids 529? Yeah. But now that it's ended up working out, it's it's been okay. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge to begin with. And now it's funny because you know, I, I got my 10 loans, so now I'm Fanny freddied out. So my uh, wife is taking these these two houses that on um, the end of the week, they're going to go into her name. So she's finally on board. So step now is the next step will be to retire her as well. And then, uh, you know, see where we'll go from there. What does she do for a living? She is a school teacher. She teaches first grade. So the first rent check that comes from these houses, I think you should make sure she gets like a new purse or a pair of shoes or something. It's funny. I just did that for the first time because I was so adamant about saving my money and not spending any of this rent money. And I said, well, listen, retirement, I'm officially going to be retired here. So I just took a chunk. I said, here, go buy something. I don't care what it is. Don't tell me what it is. Have fun. You enjoy it. <laughs> no, don't tell me what it is. Yeah. Uh, you got to get into the enjoyment of giving. You got to let them. And by the way, you can't pick it out for them. There's no way. Don't even try. No. I've tried. I used to get away with it when I was first in, you know, dating my girlfriend, now my wife. I got away with it. my daughter was a young girl. And then I got to where they would tell me what each other wanted. And then it got to the point where they don't even want to bother telling me what they wanted. They just say, buy this. Yeah. But you get the enjoyment of being the guy that goes down and buys it and gives and wraps it in a box and try to put the box. What you do is you buy the thing they want and then you buy four boxes and you put it inside of a box, inside of a box and put a rock in there. And that way they have no idea what it is, right? Or split it up, take it apart, and put it in three or four boxes so they don't know what it is, and wrap those boxes so they've got a lot of things to open. And that's the only joy you have left in life once you're rich, I guarantee you, because they can have whatever they want at that point. And yeah, you just well, have it's to... funny 
Yeah, well, and you had said before that just being able to enjoy consumption because it would be, you know, I had that mindset before. It was just save, save, save all this money. And when you're contributing, I was contributing 15% to my 401k plus a 529 plus another IRA. There really wasn't a whole lot of money left over. So you go buy something, all, you know, whether it's a gift yeah, right. or, you know. We've got to take a break. Down. When we come back, we'll go back to this a very good point about enjoying consumption. We'll be right back with Michael Rosso and the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Talk 1370, The Right Choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. show with me here today is Michael Rosso from uh, Avon Lake, Ohio. And Mike has uh, accumulated 12 rent houses. Two more this week are going to be picked up. It's going to give him a total of 14. And that 14 is going to put him at the position where he has completely replaced his earned income with passive income, meaning that in our definition here at Lifestyles, he has retired himself, although that doesn't mean he's going to retire. But what it does mean, and we're discussing this as we went to break, is... Uh, well, let me rephrase this with this. I've said for 30 years, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Because it doesn't matter how much money you have. Money isn't fun until you have the lifestyle to make it fun. And Michael brought up a very good point right before the break. He brought up the point for the first time he was able to go enjoy spending and really consuming money. Michael, pick it up from there and tell us how it felt. No, I was just telling you that I, for the first time, I took some money from the rental business and i gave some to my wife and told her hey here's some money go buy whatever you want to and don't tell me about it and it was the first time that i didn't feel like i was you know almost self-sabotaging or robbing myself because before i was i was saving every penny that i could and investing in all of these different mutual funds and whatnot so there really wasn't a whole lot of money left over and you have a little safety net set aside and then you go take some money out of that it just really hurts because you know how long, how hard you got to work to put that money back in there and this i don't have to because the business makes money every month and that's really the key is that all the investments quote unquote i i say that with the tongue-in-cheek and parentheses around it if you can see my air quotes is that those investments don't pay cash rule number one don't lose money We've already talked about the stock market being crazy, but rule number two, there's got to be cash flow. And all that 401k and all that uh, IRA money and all that college kids fund, 524, whatever to call all that stuff, none of it put you $1 in the mail each month, did it? No. It took a lot from me. Isn't that wild? You're paying money out of your pocket for what they're saying is success instead. I've got money coming in, now you've got money coming in, and everybody else that's doing this has money coming in, which is success. So it, it's got to feel a lot better. What did your wife think of that, by the way? Did she have any comment on that? Uh, I mean, she was shocked because you know, we've always been a very you know, financially conservative household, and I just handed her a wad of cash, and I said, hey, enjoy it. Go do whatever you want. And she looked <laughs> at me with a face like, what? <laughs> I could just go buy something? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, did she tell you what it was? As a woman, it was clothes, more clothes. I've, apparently, she doesn't have enough. Now there's more clothes. Hey, there's never enough. And I'll tell you, there's never enough until there's so much that fills all their closets, overflows from their closet into every other closet in the house, and then you know what it's time for? Bigger house. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got no closet space. 
We need well, now I've got, uh, I've got three of them in my house. I have my wife and I have two daughters, so now she buys clothes for them, too. So, yeah, I, I see exactly what you mean. It's oh, you're doomed. Everywhere. Three women, <laughs> you are doomed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the way you have to live life. Somebody else take care of them. And so Absolutely. That's your job now. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got yourself in a situation where you've got past the first goal. What is the next goal and the next goal after that? Do you have, have you thought out the plan for the following? I said, I guess you said you're going to retire your wife. What does your wife need? How much you need to take her off the, the working roles? Hers is going to be, I haven't calculated hers exactly, but it's going to be around the 4000 a month. So it's actually, it's funny you ask because it's going to be an interesting situation if I, Continue to get, you know, the 20 mortgages, 10 between me and her, you know, 10 for me and then 10 for her on the Fannie Freddie side. And then do I, you know, start looking into, I know a lot of the members end up doing passive deals first, kind of learning that way. I've thought about doing that. At the same time, I kind of want to do just a small IRO deal myself, you know, something manageable like a 10, 15 unit, something just to kind of get my feet wet. And, I mean, because obviously... That's where everybody ends up, as you've said many times, that if you're going to you know, create real wealth, multifamily is the way to go. I, I know that. So eventually that's where I want to end up, just not sure when I'm going to take that step. Well, I want to clarify for others out there. Fannie Mae uh, gives you really the highest quality loans out there. There's many reasons, and I'm not going to go into it because we only have a few minutes left here. But Fannie Mae only allows an individual to have 10 loans or a married couple if they file jointly a 10 loan. So in this situation, he's using his wife to get 10, and he's, he already used up his 10. But the truth of the matter is, Mike, is that there's still other ways to get loans, and you can do one of two things. You either go out directly to a bank, get a loan on a house, or you can bundle some of your Fannie Mae loans, pay them off, and put them inside of a company like an LLC, get a business loan on it. And uh, go. Then you got ten Fannie Mae loans back again. So you're not done at twenty if you think you want to stay that way. But if you don't, my recommendation is definitely go for the small apartment yourself. There's so much more to learn, so much more money to gain. And since you've done so much hands-on with these single-family houses, it'd be nothing for you to run a ten-unit apartment. In fact, you're going to find a ten-unit apartment's easier than ten houses because they're not spread out all over the place, right? Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't even mention this to you before, but I've actually had a property manager from day one with all these uh, rental properties because he, that guy that I knew had a property manager because he was out of state, and then I just ended up hooking up with him. So all of these properties that are still cash flowing really well, I have a property manager on top of that. So it's kind of nice. Wow. Wow. You didn't tell me that. That's amazing. Because if you're still, if you've already got that much cash flow and you have a property management, you've got it made. I mean, exactly. if you, yeah. if, it's if hard you, to change it. you built it in to where you don't have to work, then there's no reason for you not to continue to do what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's great. Uh, the problem is now, if you go to a multifamily, you got to find a different property manager. In general, they can't do both. Exactly. Yeah. They don't do both very well. So mm-hmm. that's uh, possible. But still, that's great, man. I mean, that story makes the story even better. Um, all the way around. Well, I when I heard your story and we discussed this, I wanted to get you on because I thought it was, uh, it's the type of story that people can relate to. And I'm glad that you got in with us and your friend sent you to us. And I'm glad that you're doing well. Well, thanks.
For the rest of you out there, think about this. You know, think what he's done. It's not for a little bit of money. It's for an incredible lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com